the My Stars Podcast. I'm Evan Kunai, and I'm here with Christopher Ritter. What's up? And a very special guest, Justin Pack. Hello, Rockstars. Welcome to the show, Justin. <laughs> Look at that. Someone <laughs> trying to match Evan's energy on the intro, finally. You know, I, lo- <laughs> I love it. I love the energy. I'm here for it. So, uh, And I'm glad you're here for it, too. Let's get it. Uh, today, we, we've got Justin on the show to talk about something that has piqued my interest, that is gaining momentum, what I declare to be an anomaly. He is developing one of the strongest CDH teams in the Pacific Northwest. We'll get into that. Before we do, you can support the show by finding us on YouTube you can give us a like, subscribe, and hit that bell for more notifications. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms. You can join the Discord server where we're having conversations about the new set. We're having conversations about CDH. We're talking about decks. We're getting feedback on decks. The whole community is contributing to just this overall conversation. And you can go for, uh, support the show even further by joining the Patreon. And as a supporter... For three dollars a month, you become an official Pepperhead and get exclusive to, or access to two exclusive channels and early access to all of the arena gameplay videos I've been doing as of late. Something that I am also incredibly excited to pitch today is the new Patreon tier launching when you see this episode on Friday. It'll be a new tier where. First, I'll be updating the supporter tier to get exclusive access to deck feedback. You send us, you send the mock stars your list, and we will personally go through and offer any advice, any uh, suggestions possible that we can to your list, and sort of like have that conversation, give that feedback. And the new tier for twenty dollars a month, not only do you get access to the Pepperhead roll and the Pepperhead tier you get the ability to schedule one gameplay session with the mock stars themselves, either on spell table or arena, CDH, commander contained, whatever you'd like, we'll make it happen. And that will be recorded and turned into a future episode on the show that uh, will launch just right after that. So uh, once I go through and edit it, comb it all over, we'll launch that episode and you'll be featured on the mock stars podcast, YouTube channel, with your own gameplay session. Pretty cool thing. Sounds sick. Yeah. That's that's rad as hell. Say you get as many games in as you can with people that know what the hell they're doing. I'm all about it. Yeah, and I I know that like anybody who signs up for this is going to take it seriously. And it, it, CDH, casual commander, whatever it is, like even if you want to play commander contained, I know we're going to have a great time. So, I I'm going to make that limited, just have limited slots available. So uh, while you can get in there, sign up for the tier and let's get some gameplay on the schedule. But before we get into this major subject, the main topic today, I saw a new card today, guys. And I am uh, from from Murders at Carlisle Mansion. Yes, specifically the commander decks and a card that I think is you're gonna want in one of your decks or all of your all of your decks that contain white because it is called trouble in pairs for two and two white an enchantment that says if an opponent would begin an extra turn that player skips that turn instead whenever an opponent attacks you with two or more creatures 
draws their second card each turn or casts their second spell each turn, you draw a card. That, that, that sounds That's good. so nuts. It is not only is it like nuts, it is the white wristic study that people have been waiting for. Everything that Smuggler's Share wanted to be. And Ritter, you know, I shit on Smuggler's Share. That card Smuggler's sucks. Share is, it's not a good card. I got burned by it too. Mm-hmm. I, you read Smuggler's Share and you're like, well, all of these things are likely to happen. Uh, I'll probably draw a card off of it or create a treasure token, right? wrong it doesn't happen (laughs) (laughs) it's straight up like you know i don't know if it's rng i I think it's just a card it's a trap yeah um this card seems fixed yeah i mean it's one more manner one more mana share (laughs) um but the effect is much easier to trigger it triggers more than once each turn right if i'm reading that correctly yeah it it triggers on all three of those instances all so, three of them, and and it has an additional effect stapled on there that turns off at least one of the meta commanders, and that's if an, you know turning off extra turns it helps. Yeah, that turns off uh, time sieve and Tivit. So, not a bad card to want to ha- like for a stacks variant or just stacks deck. I think that one thing we can say is that white has finally caught up to where we we wanted it to be like three or four years ago this yeah i mean they put the work in to repair uh white's power level and i think you know this card is evidence that we're kind of there in that moment um i I do want to go back to one thing you said Mm -hmm. you're you're saying like this is great for stacks decks I, i think this has potential beyond stacks because white wants card draw unless you're you know already in blue or black along with white like you're you're gonna have trouble with that um and you know this card is is pretty much conditionless card draw like those conditions are so easy to meet like they're gonna happen in the cdh match yeah like i i feel like there is opportunity for this for all three of these instances to trigger in a single turn which is where I see it's like that's that's the potential that is the ceiling and it doesn't seem unrealistic, especially in a format where like Timna is probably the most played commander in CDH in some like pair I, or format. I mean, not even Candyland, like you know, there can be big turns that aren't ending the game that you might get five or six cards off this, right? Right. Just an interactive like turn can be like, hey, people are battling on the stack. Like, boom, you cast your second spell, draw a card. Oh, you cast your second spell interacting with him, draw a card. You cast your second You're spell, your second draw a card. card. Yeah. yeah, like, you tap the one ring. Great. I'm going to draw a card, too. Or just like, I know that we have seen, like, Fairy Mastermind out there. Like, imagine how many times that triggers. And this is that's just one-third of this effect. So I am stoked. I was even saying today that just one Ledger Shredder trigger means you get two cards. So, yeah, kind of nice. I, I don't want to fall into the smuggler share trap. I, I am going to go on the record and say that if this was three CMC, I would love it. And like unconditional, I would love it Four CMC. Maybe it's a trap again. I don't know. I think it's good. Yeah, I, I am. I'm in the same boat. I think it's really good. And Justin, I, uh, you, you, any thoughts on this? I think. Given the fact that they put or instead of and, like six months ago, this would have said and do all these things and you can get one. That's smuggler share, right? Yeah. Um, 
just every single card that I'm stoked about from this most recent set is white on it. And this one today, when you brought it up to me, my jaw dropped and then hit the floor and then went through. I think this is everything that kind of I want to see when I play white. Um, you know, I love it. You know, I love an enchantress build, and this just fits right into that, too. It's just like it's so good. Yeah, I say. And I know I went on when I was talking about the deck list a while ago, where if you can do the ring or Sylvan library, pick the ring. Obviously, if you can do both, do both. I think I would put this over this in over Sylvan library because it's oh, sure. incidentally going to get you just that much further without the life loss. This this card is gas. I think it races Ristic Study in a weird way. You know, like, mm -hmm. I think, like, we were comparing the One Ring when it came out to Ristic Study and saying, like, does this, like, outpace Ristic Study? And the answer is yes. Like, there is the incidental, like, life loss, but we're not really considering that. Life is a resource. But this, on the other hand, side by side to Ristic Study, I feel like, you know, you get one Ristic Study trigger, two Ristic Study triggers. Like, I'm also going to draw a card once you hit your you know, like hit that threshold. So like it does have a limit where it's like, I'm not going to draw a card every time you draw a card, but I feel like a lot of people are going to draw two cards in a single turn. It's what this format has like. It's why we see Bowmasters as such a powerful card in this particular format uh, is because oftentimes every single turn people are hitting their second spell or their second card in any given turn. So yeah. Yeah. I think if you're willing to say that Lotho's a good card, if you take CMC out of the equation, you have to say that this card is a good card, too. Yeah, because yeah. Lutho is, what, 20% of this card? Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> yeah, and you don't lose life. So uh, yeah. maybe even better. So it, it, I, I'm i stoked on it. The only thing that battles this is Shieldred. Like, if if someone plays a Shieldred, which gives me even more, like, justification in putting Shieldred in our top 10, like, CDH cards of this last year, like, it just keeps getting better, and that was why we put it in that list, because, like, hey, Shieldred is just going to keep getting better, and this card makes that better, but it's also great in its standalone sense. Well, I think in the last, like, two or three tournaments that I played in, Talion was absolutely the all-star, and you want to talk about all the cards that the Talion owner is drawn every single turn from doing it, you yeah. have this, and it'll at least balance out the value that you're seeing from across the table. Did what we figure uh, naming with Talion right now? Right now it's two. And two. then if they get to later, you have your options of one or two. What we're realistically seeing is we're seeing it get cloned and naming one and two. Mm -hmm. That was uh, actually going to be that same question that I was going to ask. Ritter, is like, what are people naming with Talion? Is it figured out yet? Uh, objectively two is the best unless you can slam it turn one name one then figure out a way to flicker it and get it back to two but yeah two two just it's so good it's a way yeah i i played against talion last night at uh mox boarding house and some guy just showed up to pub stomp some tables and i'm like i think i know how this works <laughs> i can stop it from happening uh -huh. they still drew eight cards you know like it's just that good. It, it it milks the table, does all the good stuff. All right. Yeah. Let's get into the main subject for today. The most prolific 
CDH team in the Pacific Northwest. We've got Justin back here to talk about it. Justin, I'm so glad you're here to kind of like give us a better picture of what's going on because I know that we had talked a long time ago about wanting to motivate others and wanting to like get people in this mindset of like getting better and like like you want to bring new players, new CDH players under the umbrella at Gabby's and like get them more involved. And I now feel like you guys have gotten there. Like collectively as a community, you have created such an environment that new players are able to come in and consistently show up and be rewarded for that. And so uh, I guess I, I want to hear more about about this team, about how successful you've been, how many people are involved, you know, like, and uh, about, you know, like what it takes to put something like this together. Uh, okay. So, well, yeah, I, I'm Justin and I play for team always punished, whether or not that's the official name, it's the name that I use and I will live and die by that. That's a good name. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I've been playing with the team, call it 18 months. Um, and when I first started becoming a regular playing down at Gabby's, I would say there was a main core of Atlas, John, Tyler, Joe, and Jaden. And those are the really heavy hitters that would just take tournament after tournament on the weeklies and they, they would be the one they would hey do you want to do you want to play do you want to do pre-games do you want to sit and discuss deck lists do you want to sit and talk cards and over the course of like six to eight months we made it into 2023 and then there was a more consistent rotation there was maybe 12 of us and we would travel down to portland and go talk to uh topher's tournaments and then we would head on up to bellingham and then some of the team traveled out east to idaho um atlas started traveling down south into california playing tournaments down there and we would just as a team go represent our card shop and we'd play games together. We would run ideas off of each other. And ultimately it turned into now 15 to 20 of us that will consistently pop into a discord. Does anybody want to jam a game? And we'll get six to eight on a random Thursday, let's say, or Friday or Tuesday morning. And I know it's, it's incredibly hard just for, like i i know that like it's been hard for us even to like uh generate a consistent community of players and like what you guys are doing is just incredible because i find it difficult just to even get four players like on the same page about meeting up at the same time and now you're telling me that there are 15 to 20 people that are ready at any given moment to like jump into a pod and play and like in pre-agreement about power level as well mm -hmm. mm-hmm yeah, and progress so, their ability as players. Um, I think it really starts with Wheaton's Law. Just don't be a dick, and people want to play more, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we'll get new players that buy a pre-con, 
they'll shuffle up and one thing that I like to say to any new player, if they get paired with me is I will walk you through what is objectively correct in my opinion, even if I'm harmed the most by the play and I will lose the game based off of this, my goal to you new player is to show you how the cards interact, show you the rules of the game, show you how threat assessment should work if you want to play at what I'm calling tier 11 now, um, and walk them through step-by-step step how to read the card, pull the words out that you need to, see how it interacts with the other players' commanders, and we'll do this in the middle of our weekly Thursday night tournaments. Um I will never let anybody win, but my goal is for them to walk away and say, I've heard about CEDH. It's supposed to be these sweaty tryhards when really we just play the best cards and we're going to be nice to each other while we're doing it. Um, and I'm not the only one that does that. Of Team Always Punished, every single person will do that. Um I think that you it's guys just, have found this like great balance of communication and how to deliver the message. Um, you know, it's like even at tables when you, when we go to tournament, when we sit there, first thing I notice is that a majority of you are in the top eight tables. And then the second thing I notice is how much communication is happening at that table is lending to your success. Uh, yeah. So I know um atlas and joe talk routinely on man on the rocks about communication with the table with your opponents they talk about politics they had a whole episode on politics i know everybody here on the mock stars will discuss how things on the table are progressing talk to your opponent don't be afraid to share relevant information um and as long as you can do that in a way that isn't salty, isn't aggressive, and isn't just inherently ick, then you're going to progress yourself as a player. You're going to progress your opponents as players. And what do they say? High tide rises all ships. So if I can make my opponents better players it's going to force me to become a better player, which in turn is going to let me bring that skill back to my team, share that information with the rest of them. They'll all become better players. And then we'll go into these tournaments and do our best to top 16. And one thing that I've noticed is we routinely are nine or 10 of the top 16s for any tournament that, tournament that we go to. Yeah, that's that's a that's wow. That's a wow factor because, uh, you know, and I've been to tournaments where you guys are all wearing the same shirt and it yeah. is just impressive to, you know, see the top 16 cut and know that, like, I think last time that I was at Laughing Dragon, there was one of the four tables in the top 16. All of you were wearing that shirt. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. was like, oh, my God. It's like, so I am the only one that does not wear that shirt because <laughs> I like bright colors and 
my battle vest is brighter than the shirt and that became my away uniform before the shirt was made sure but yeah apparently i'm a failure right no we got to get you an exciting shirt that says <laughs> team always punished team See, always no, punished no, no, I, I like what you're saying with the away uniform thing. I think you get to design alternate jerseys for like, is it a, is it a Gabby's tournament? Is it a Laughing Dra- Dragon tournament? Wear different colors, different colored shirts. I like that. Mm-hmm. Or the team, you know? I'll say, yeah, then that'll be something that we need to pitch is team always punished for home and I'm a failure away. <laughs> and merch. So like you guys are going to be like, you know, in professional gaming and shooters is like TSM. They're like pretty famous, right? You turn around and now team always punish. You guys got merch. Like you're collaborating with with shops like Laughing Dragon to make new merch and for tournaments. Like sure, you got. I'm like, not there's, there's to a, it. There is a like a treasure trove here. You got you got some uh, serious potential here with how with how many people show up. You know, and it, the can, more you consistently place in the top sixteen, the more people want to be on board. You know what I'm saying? Sure, serious sure. You here. know. And luckily, there is no tryout. It's just a matter of come practice with us, right? Yeah. If you can make it down to Gabby's and want to play some games, someone's going to be available. Right. And I think, yeah, that's one of the best shops to go to to get like to get not only involved in CDH, but the best place to learn CDH with how frequently y'all play. You play weekly, right? Uh, Thursdays, right? Correct. So there is a weekly two round, um, $5 entry and come in, jam a game. That's where I will play the decks that I'm testing. Um, I am fortunate enough to $5 is something that I can pay and be able to lose it. I know not everybody can. Again, I'm lucky enough to be able to do so. So that's where I'll practice and do just maybe does this jank work, but mm-hmm. more practice, right? Yeah, I that that is ultimately what we were trying to do even like I'd say six months ago was mm-hmm. we're trying to go to a tournament. We're trying to be more involved. We're trying to just like spectate tournaments because like film it like it's not like riding a bike and i think that there are a few more things in life against better players more game knowledge like exactly because we're playing uh, a game that develops faster than pretty much any other game in the world because of how many intricacies in gameplay there are yeah and i like the analogy of it just doesn't come quick right or mm-hmm. once you learn how to ride the bike right but you still have to learn how to ride the bike um y- you get a lot of the players that we travel with, yeah, you see the results, but what you don't see are the hours reading the forums and the interaction on Discord servers and the games and games and games we put in and the deck list building and the editing. And it's tens of hours a week of putting into this hobby to make sure that we can perform at that level yeah even even at the highest level like it it's magic is a game that is easy to learn hard to master correct to put in the work 
yeah, it's a devotion to the craft. You guys are like a division three college athletics team. No one is getting a scholarship, but you're all committed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's a really good analogy. I say, and it's like that crying cat meme. You've been playing this for how long? You're pretty good at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying still. A bad day can usually result in you questioning your commitment, you know, like at a tournament. I know that I've seen too many people like show up and go, oh, four, you know, it, mm-hmm. but like sometimes it just happens, man. Like, um, you know, when you get to the big <laughs> stage, it, it takes takes experience. So so that last tournament that I top forward, um, the very next one, I went one and three. Yeah just it happens in a in a format where statistically you're supposed to win 25% of your games or less and blue farm only wins 22% of all the tournaments that it represents yeah it losses will happen and that's probably the hardest thing to wrap your head around when you're playing at tier 11 is don't expect to win and when you're on a new list expect to win even less yeah i ask a question about uh about your team Uh, because you mentioned blue farm do a lot of guys have their pet decks that they play and then just for reps for practice when you go into tournaments do you have to like assign people and be like hey man can you can you play blue farm just so we have someone in the pod yeah we'll do that um and it's not a matter of you're assigned to play it um the two that I would say are the most prolific at it are Tyler and Atlas, and they will bring lawn boxes to practice sessions and say, mm-hmm. hey, I can build one to two right now. What do you want and what version do you want? So, yeah. and, and just, you know, people that listen and people that know, like, know that Atlas is known mostly for Kenrith, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, he's come prepared with the other decks, and, like, part of his game knowledge is, like, having those decks and playing those decks as well. Correct, because you need to be able to, the best way to learn something is to teach it, right? So for me to be able to play against, say, Winota, I need to be able to pilot Winota. Um, So for me to be able to play against Blue Farm, I should be able to pilot Blue Farm. And with my, I've got my Rocco list memorized at this point. So if somebody's trying a new list, I personally will vo- I'll volunteer to play one of these pre-built decks mm-hmm. so they can get the reps in with their list, especially if they're trying out something new. Uh, can I ask something? Uh, and, and there's no right or wrong he- answer here. Is this team proxy friendly, like in terms of having these decks available? 100%. Okay, good. Yes. Um there there is a growing sentiment and it's one of my um mantras i want to play against the brain not the wallet mm-hmm. oh, and i know for a fact that if a person loves the deck they will make it very shiny but what i advise new players against is that deck can cost ten dollars at fedex but it's four thousand dollars real and if you put up numbers make it real the hobbies you know as expensive as you want to make it regardless hey if i've got into cars 
that's expensive. If I'm into sports, I got to travel for sports. That's expensive, right? Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where like that's gatekeeping in a like mm-hmm. in a sense where it's like, hey, you got to show up with the real cards. Like otherwise, we don't want to play with you. It's like, mm-hmm. man, the barrier to just to be competitive, like you said, four thousand dollars is like. Right kind of the low tier like of a competitive build because you need Mm -hmm. certain things that are you know i hate to say it hundred dollars plus you know per card like a mana crypt you absolutely need it like i'm sorry but yeah and that's 150 at the base you mentioned shoulder it that's a hundred dollars yeah right anything above three colors your dualies are going to run you at minimum 350 exactly so like i I don't want to spend six grand on a mana base especially if I just don't like the play style. Yeah. I, I just, um, I've, I've been very proxy for like focused in the last few months. Like I, I definitely was in that boat where I was just like, I want to have a budgetless real deck. And, mm-hmm. uh, that Shalai Nolar deck on Moxfield was a little over $11,000. And oh boy. Right. And that like Did I that made sure you more games. <laughs> I won plenty <laughs> of games, but it's uh, no, it didn't make me win more games because I have it in proxy and it wins just as many games as it did before. It's all about the player. And I'm glad you guys move forward with that mentality, because that's ultimately how you'll be able to grow your community of like minded individuals. And like even people who are like, I have to play with the real cards. They're still welcome like that oh yeah correct there there is no like hey we only play you know this way you just can't shame people for not investing like 10 grand into like a deck (laughs) that's that Uh is the definition of insanity and gatekeeping so uh you guys are awesome in and what seems to be every single way i uh I'm, i'm glad to see the growth that you guys have uh like exhibited over the last not only ever since i've met you guys it's just seemed to be like growth on growth on growth not only as players but in size and in community so well, so i want to touch back on the uh um bring a deck can i build it what do we play against mm-hmm. i i mentioned it last time we talked um when i practice with my buddy jason we will take four decks and I'll play a deck that I'm practicing for real. He'll take a deck that he's practicing for real. And then we'll take up proxied lists and put them as players three and four. We roll and do turn order and everything like normal, but then we play with all four hands face up and we don't, it does not matter who wins. It matters that we play the game and say objectively, this is the decision that we should be making. Now, I know, I know we have all information in front of us, but it's improved the two of us immensely because we know what potential iterations are going to be in a deck when I sit down and look across at. So I can pilot Goto now because I've put in. 15 20 reps with a face up goto hand knowing all right if goto's played mountain soul ring crypt 
we're going to win next turn. Yeah. If Goto has played Mountain Dockside for three, we're not winning next turn. Um, it's shown me when to counter. It's shown me when to go for things. It's helped with my windows. I know I mentioned I don't personally care about mulligans in Rocco, but it's also helped me with my mulligan and my turn order and my seed order and other things. And I really highly suggest that as well. If you have two players, you only have a buddy, but you want to put in the practice, print it out, put it on black and white, put basic lands and sleeves and, and throw up your proxy in that list. Costs right. you two bucks and time but it gets your reps in. Yeah. I think that I've, I've been going a little bit bougie and going, like you said, $10 at FedEx. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's $12 if I want nicer paper. Oh, you know, same color. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> so like the, the ceiling for entry is, is low. Um, I do have one question for you. Mm -hmm. um, if there are new players out there who are looking to find you, how do they do that? How do they like, now that you guys have like created this community and you're playing, like on spell table and stuff like that. I'm sure that people are able to find you through discord. And like, I know that some listeners out there will probably just want to like, they might be across the country, but they might want to get involved. Sure. How do they do that? Well, so you can find me on the mock stars channel and the, uh, man on the rocks discord channel. I'm Tordeth. I could not tell you what my pound number, number, number are, but if you DM me, and you want any thoughts on a deck list, you want to jam some games, absolutely. I think that webcam magic has a place in practice. Um, you can sit and discuss. It, it, it's the best casual competitive version of magic for me. But yeah, you can find me as Tordeth. Um, and if you want to come jam a game in person, I will be at Gabby's every Thursday night. Um, you'll also usually find me at most of the majors in the area. Um, that being said, I will be at CEDH4 February 10th at Laughing Dragon. Um, and then I know Gabby has another one the weekend after in Olympia at Olympic Cards and Comics on February 17th. Yep, I'm going to do my best to be there for both of those. And sure. Well, I can tell you it's the start of tournament season, right? Yep. That's, um, and am I able to, uh, you want me to go into the other thing then based off of tournament season? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I guess part of what we had talked about, and I guess I'm super proud of this one. Um, when we last played as a team, it was at the Pacific Northwest regionals. Um, shout out to the, everybody on the team that made it to the top 16 on that one and got invited to day two. Atlas um, won that, right? He did. He did. But I'm pretty sure there was six of the team in the top 16. Wow. Um, but I got it in my head that the team has been playing at a high level, but we've backed off on our TEDH skills. So I last minute off the cuff basically a week beforehand i said hey dear team i am willing to judge if we want to sit and do a mock tournament i was able to get shop space uh we were given access to the command tower software and i said if you show up saturday at 10 a.m we'll go ahead and run this tournament i'm going to hold it at comp 
please bring a deck list. I didn't have the time to check it, but you have to have a deck list at most tournaments. So bring the deck list. You need all of your tokens. You need all of your dice. You need to make sure that you can pen and paper your life total. I held it at comp. Showed up. And 21 people were there. Not the 12 that I expected. And we held a off-the-cuff, impromptu, four-round, five-pod Swiss tournament cut to top four. That's just it's honestly so impressive how like not you weren't even expecting the consistent participants like or well you were expecting the consistent participants to be there but yep. not only that did you get that and maybe some of them didn't even show but like you got a total of 21 people uh-huh. involved and honestly like like I said earlier I have trouble getting four people together and just one message out into the into the discord server out into the community led to a an impromptu tournament just like on the fly people showed up and i think it's great that you laid the preface to be like hey bring everything you need this isn't official but you bring everything because you Mm -hmm. are gonna need to be ready you absolutely need to like have an accurate deck list i might not check it who knows you never know if they're gonna check it at tournament last time i was at gas i got checked and it's Mm -hmm. like whoo I, I know they require like the deck list, but I'm glad that I did all my checks and balances and stuff like that before everything started because it just like I, I felt secure. But even the deck check is a little nerve wracking at times. So well, you got to be prepared in all senses. The, yeah, we uh, we also um, worked with. Uh, what was it the, on the Pacific Northwest one? Eminence had come out and changed at the last minute that we're going to go from 90 minutes, no turns to 80 minute, no turns. And so for this year long tournament structure that they're um, doing this year, that's the rule set that they've landed on. So Atlas was able to pull up eminences rule set for how the tournaments are going to be structured. Mm -hmm. And that's, I read through them and I made sure that that's how I held this tournament because if we're going to practice Going into tournament season, I wanted it as real as I could to the um, closest possible iteration of what we'd be playing in against. Um, And then give a huge shout out here. So I've been lucky enough also to get my L1. Jordan Edwards at Gabby's and John Towery, my L2 mentor, have really come a long way in making sure that uh, I'm on the right page, know where to get all of the um, the information that I need. They've really pushed me into being comfortable to then judge at a um, competent level as well these events. So then my players... They they can refer to me as judge, not Justin, in those situations, which also allows them the comfortability and the practice of calling for a judge. What does slow play look like? How does deck shuffling look like? We're still very sensitive about the deck shuffling and the cheating thing that went on with one of the local Corfold players. So we make sure that everything's above board and cannot stress enough how much Jordan and John have meant to me 
getting me to that level as well. Yeah. I know that I like that mentorship has to be just invaluable because like, I know that I have like struggled in the past with like the confidence of like calling judge and noticing certain things at the table. So mm-hmm. like that just goes so far to like, not only like reaching accountability for like the community, but I I'm sure that more people could benefit from that type of mentorship and, and you're like getting there to the point where you're able to now do it as, you know, a coordinator and a leader within this team. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where you guys go. Like, I know that uh, you just you said the next tournament, February 10th at Laughing mm-hmm. Dragon, is the next tournament. Yep. Uh, and then right after that, Gabby's on the 17th. So very exciting. Sure. Uh, do you know what deck yep. you're taking to those? It'll be Rocco. That Rocco. that's where I'm currently most comfortable at. And if we're geeked about this White Ristic study, I am even more geeked about Delny. That card says that i can do all of my combos extra i'll put double win cons on the stack as i'm doing the thing and just holy smokes i think this deck is fantastic i've also added a living plane elishnorn combo to the list in case i get shut out and have to go mid-rangey yeah so um so the other thing that I really would suggest to new players is you don't have to jump into these $50 mana crypt dual lands online tournaments. There are plenty of smaller, smaller player count, smaller buy-in little tournaments to really get your feet wet. Um, Example is last night, I went and played in a $10 charity event. Mm-hmm. It was eight players. The prizing was promo cards. They gave out door prizes. Oh, man. I took home a uh, a Lord of the Rings promo rampant growth. That thing is fire. It's so gorgeous. Yeah, that's a really pretty print. But I also got to play three rounds of comp REL that I just wouldn't have been able to play if I hadn't gone to this little event. Right. And shout out to Kyle um, for putting this thing on. It was with Defiant Fox down in Tacoma. They're trying to get this off and running. Um, yeah. And it was wonderful. I also got to say, these little charity event things too are wonderful. So little plug here if you get a chance to go to any of these events the donations all go to jdrf it's a diabetes charity um going forward it's something that i am a believer enough in i've offered to kyle that i'll judge it for free because it's such a good event and it's such a good cause yeah that's awesome Mm -hmm. i i know that uh if you are out there and you're listening to this episode and you are uh, curious of where to go to find some more of these like events that are uh, like the ceiling isn't so high for entry. Uh, you can go find all like on the announcements page for the CDH Discord server. I'll put a link in the description below on YouTube, and you can also go to the PDX CDH server, and I'll put a link down there as well. And uh, I know that for one, Topher's hosting a. I think it. I can't remember. It's sixteen players, so very small like pool. Mm-hmm. But it's like a $5 entry and you get 
uh, $5 for a win. So it your payout yeah. is depending on how many wins you get. So basically, they break even on the whole thing. And it's just like, hey, you, you see, like, you're paying five bucks, super low ceiling, and you might get 15 bucks back out of it. So it's uh, one way that they're able to, like, give people this this experience and give them the reps that they need to go and be better prepared for tournaments, which ultimately is what you guys are doing as a team and as yep. a community. Yeah. Um, something else you can do at home if you're playing and don't have access to regular tournaments is hold yourself to a, um, a competitive rules enforcement level. The If you just type in comp rel or cr mtg into google it will take you directly to the um, competitive rules enforcement and the um the mtg rules not that they're easy to read but you can follow along i also suggest no takesy backsies that's something that a lot of kitchen table gets stuck on if you do the thing do the thing you're not going to learn from your mistakes if you don't make the mistakes and acknowledge what happened. Yeah. If Think you something else, if you make a mistake, like follow through with it and mm -hmm. also talk about why it was a mistake. And like, if you're at a friendly table, like see what they think, you know, like get the feedback that you need to learn. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and if you see, if you see anybody from the team, they're willing to give their opinion on what they think good cards are. Um, but with that, you also have to be willing to accept that not all pet cards are good. Um, but take the advice, see if it's a good fit for you, try it out and do your best to take to heart that that's my opinion. But for a lot of the players on the team, the opinion comes with reps with practice and tournament wins. Yep. Like I, there's a reason if you want to see more like statistics on tournament, tournament wins, uh, EDH top 16, it's a great place. Oh, to do I love it. that site. So good. So many results are being posted every single weekend. There's always tournaments happening online or whatever. And that software is just creating probably the best pool of information for determining what would be your best the best build or the best deck to take to a tournament at any given point if you want consistency and to see the top tables there there are two things that don't lie math and shakira's hips <laughs> on that note uh, <laughs> i'm not gonna ending note yeah yes i'm not gonna no. take that any further because that is the absolute truth i appreciate your time on the show today justin thank you for all of your input and uh, giving us a better picture of what is happening with this uh, with team not official team never or al always punished team always punished always punished <laughs> and uh, it is your opinion I think pet cards are great dude like you're allowed to yeah you get two yep and if they're synergistic it's even better then you get three yeah <laughs> then you get three yeah, I mean, I will be spoiling a list. Uh, I'll be so uh, one thing that we've been doing on the show has been promoting smaller bits of content. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you've been noticing, 
you know, like there are also some other videos if you're subscribed to the show or to the, the channel popping up. And so we're trying to commit more to that. And this weekend I'm posting a list of a new deck that if I participate at Laughing Dragon, I will be taking and I will be stomping face with. And uh, that deck list is going to have a few pet cards that I think you'll appreciate. Um, I I am looking forward to it. No spoilers. You're just going to have to subscribe to the show and look forward to it dropping on Saturday. That being said, this has been the Mock Stars podcast. Again, Justin, thank you so much for being on the show today, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks for being here, bud. You got it. Uh, I got a date with a Dr. Pepper. Hey, I actually have one right in front of me. I was going to crack it earlier, but I didn't want to be rude. Uh, (laughs) You know, let's just do it now. I just feel like I got to. There we go. Uh, If you want to support the show, you can do so by finding us on YouTube, or you can like, subscribe, and hit that bell for more notifications. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms. You can join the Discord server, contribute to the community and the conversation that's happening there. And like I said, in the description below, there are links to join the other two communities, the CDH Discord server and the PDX CDH Discord server, where you can become more involved with the, with the Pacific Northwest CDH scene and community there. Have a conversation, get some feedback on decklist, whatever you may need, it is there. You can also support the show on Patreon by becoming a supporter or joining our other tier where you can get or you can schedule an exclusive gameplay session with the mock stars at, that will be developed into a future episode of the show. I think that's all I got. I, I think we kicked some ass today, guys. All sorts of ass was kicked. That was good. That was real good. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. Peace. See ya.